1: Hello, welcome to Straight Talk. A very exciting show today, almost a little nerve-wracking. I'll tell you why. Um, A while back, I had a very special lady on the show for Straight Talk. Uh, I call her the Canadian treasure, Tracy Deer, Gemini Award-winning producer and director, and creator of the very famous show Mohawk Girls. And she was very kind to come on the show and to really share her journey and what she's gone through. She I mean, it's really incredible, actually. She shares with people, even though she's a very public personality, and most people would not do that. And she shares her journey to help others. And we were chatting on the commercial break about some of the shows I do. And she said, I, you know, Sandra, I have to give you a little feedback. And I went, okay. And she said, um, you know, it's a great show. I love it. But people want to hear what you have to say. Can I interview you? And I went, Oh my god. Yeah, I'd love that. Why Tracy, you're here. Welcome to the show. Why did you want why did you say that?
2: Okay, well, Sandra, you and I have known each other now almost 5 years, and where I was in my life when we first met to where I am now is it's it's worlds apart. And I am living such a healthier, happier, empowered, fulfilled life, and I do credit a lot of that to you. You always tell me that I'm the one doing the work, but you are the one that has laid the groundwork and laid the path for me to walk down. So everything you've shared, all of your insights, everything, all of your knowledge has helped me to get where I am today. And, you know, I I always, I always want more. I mean, I'm still a client of yours and I hope to be my whole life. So I know what you have to share is so valuable.
1: Well, first of all, thank you. I mean, you really make me feel very special, Tracy, and I I really am honored. Um, You are someone, and this is not for the radio, this is the truth, you are someone I respect enormously. And one of the things I respect so much about her, she's a fascinating personality, but um, as a client, since you brought up client, is that you're always willing to do the work. And at this point in my career, those are really the clients I want to work with. I don't want someone who doesn't want to do the work. And you drink it. You just drink it up and you want to apply it. And I think that... Um, I'm going to hand over the control in a moment to you, Uh, but I think that you're going to be asking questions. I don't know all of them. I only had a brief look at it at them that represent what a lot of people would like to know about the tricks and strategies of life which is what the straight talk with Sandra Rich is all about so I think it was a great idea to come on and ask me the questions I'm happy to give them to people it's just without someone asking the questions I I don't know how to do it so thank you very much for that and again I want to give you a proper welcome back to straight talk and a, a very special thank you Canadian treasure Canadian treasure for coming to interview me if there's anyone who I would want to interview me It is you. So I hand you over the control, and thank you very much, Tracy, dear.
2: Thank you so much, Sandra. Uh, Well, look, I thought long and hard about we have a two-part series where I'm going to get to pick your brain and and share your knowledge with the world. And I thought we could break up the two parts, um, the first one being relationship with self, and the second part being relationship with others.
1: Well, you. May, I just want to jump in. You make a very good point. I should have said that. I apologize. That we are actually we have we have a two part show on this. So part one is this week for the streamers. You'll see part two right away. But for the people listening, it will be on next Thursday. And we're going to go into as you said relationship with self, relationship with others. And if people have questions, that's okay. If they call in, right? Absolutely. So the number is one eight six six four seven two five seven nine two. Great breakdown of what we're going to do. Okay cool.
2: Okay. Well, and I mean, the the, the way I, I came up with this was when we first started working together five years ago, that was the first thing that you had me work on was my relationship with self. I was so consumed with what the world thought and what others thought and what others needed that I actually didn't have much of a relationship with self. So that has really changed my life. Uh, and And my memory is one of the first things that we had to look at was with self-esteem and my lack of it so I wanted us to talk first about
1: that what is self-esteem okay so Tracy that's a great question I mean it's one of the most misunderstood words and the most overused words I've ever seen is self-esteem it's everywhere so I guess I'll answer it sort of I'll go around is that self-esteem is not self-confidence Okay, and I think that's where people get confused because a lot of people come see me have incredible confidence. Um, They have efficacy at their jobs. For example, yourself. I mean, you're quite confident when you're producing or directing a show, are you not? That's right. Okay, but your self-esteem was in the toilet. Yes. (laughs) So how could that be? How could she be so confident about doing her show and yet not have good self-esteem? Okay, I'll explain that. Self-esteem is how worthy you think you are. And again, what is worth? What are we worthy of? Dignity, respect, um, people to treat us properly, love, shelter, all those kinds of things. So the the idea is that we're born worthy. Okay. And, but we don't learn that necessarily. That's a fact you're born worthy. But a lot of times our parents teach us weird stuff like you're worthy if you get good marks in school. Okay. Or society tells us you're worthy if you weigh a certain weight. And then our neighbors tell us you're worthy if you make a lot of money. And we absorb these beliefs into our bodies depending on what our first messages are. And then we believe, we truly believe that our worth goes up and down and up and down. So if I have a great boyfriend and I'm making a lot of money and I look good, my worth is great. Untrue. My worth hasn't changed. I just have more money in the bank account of boyfriends and great that I'm looking good, but what about tomorrow when I don't look so good? Has my worth actually changed? Does this make sense?
2: It makes sense. Now, but but I definitely felt like my worth changed I like so so I hear what you're saying and I now understand it But when you when you have low self-esteem or low self-worth you really do believe that these other things um, determine your worth and it affects how you feel about yourself on the day-to-day basis so how does how does one how does how does one you know like, deprogram all those messages to to actually know that I am always worthy. Okay, well, you have to
1: go with that basic premise. Do you believe it that you're born that every child is born worthy? Do you believe that? Yes. okay, so if a child is born worthy, is it true also that they cannot earn or lose their worth? True. Good. So if it's true, that child is you. You can't earn it. And you can't lose it. So if tomorrow um, your relationship, God forbid, breaks up and you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see and maybe, God forbid, your show gets canceled, God forbid, okay, you'll have a really bad day. But your worth could not have changed. If you were born worthy and it can't fluctuate, it is your birthright, then you're always worthy. So your inner dialogue would not be, I'm a failure, I can't believe it. It would be, wow, bad day. Bad day, but I'm okay. Right. I'm okay. And then when you're trying to accomplish things, because some people attach their self-esteem to accomplishments. That's a very common one. Certainly, I grew up with that. parents who were very into accomplishments. Me too. Okay. Well, I, I was very attached to it. Very. So, I was talking about this on another show today, um, the idea that if you're successful, if you're doing well in school, then you're worthy. And then I was talking about my sister and I was saying that I hope she doesn't mind and I don't think she does on that show, so I don't think she'll mind on this one, that she had that belief system and she built a very successful business and one day it went bankrupt. Well, if her worthiness was attached to her accomplishments, what do you suppose happened to her? She was crushed. Yes, she literally broke down. Mm -hmm. Okay, So the build back up was that her business is not a determination of who she is. So you have to, the, you, how you deprogram Tracy is to constantly remind yourself that your worth is not changeable. So if you're loved by someone else, that's nice, but it doesn't make you more worthy. I mean, t- take the argument, let's go the opposite way. What if I said to you, my husband really loves me, so I'm really worthy. Would it, wouldn't it sound a bit strange? He loves me. I'm so loved. This proves I'm worthy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Would that not sound strange? yes say what's
2: going on for you wow again as you said deprogram I mean I had a lifetime of believing that my worth was attached to different things so everything you're saying it's it's very it's cognitive and it's It's information and it's and I get it but again I and I I know people who suffer from low self-esteem and it's it's not enough to to give them this, the, to say, well, this is actually what it is. You know, how do how do you
1: how do you deprogram and rebuild? Like, what what do they do every day? Okay. Well, first of all, it we know through neuroplasticity that it is actually enough. But is are you how badly do you want to change the programming? So, on a bad day, you're you are right. On a bad day, I hear a voice in my head that says, "Sandra, you didn't get enough done," which is the way I was raised. The So my accomplishments were not significant, and I start to fall. So that's the old programming. Programming doesn't disappear, but neuroplasticity suggests that um, nerves that wire together fire together, meaning if you keep having the same belief, your brain keeps processing it the same way. But if I can have another belief that says, whoa, 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 I did the best I could today, you know, yes, there's always more to get done, but I feel I did the best I could, and that's good enough for me. I am creating a pathway between two neurons. I'm etching a pathway. So it sounds overly simplistic. I get you on the cognitive. So I need you, and that's why I say the clients do the work. I would need the client that you have to make a commitment. I had to make the commitment in my life to not buy into a belief system that was hurting me. When I would say to myself, I'm not doing enough, And the critical voice would say, it's not good enough, it's not good enough, it's not good enough. I had to have a different voice saying, "Uh, yeah, get out of my head, critical voice, you're a bully. And I did the best I could today. Now remember, these really perfectionistic people will say, but I could always do better. But we can always do better. I could say that right now. I could have given you a better answer. But I gave you the best answer I could at this time. Tomorrow I might have a better answer. Come back tomorrow. (laughs) <laughs> but you know what I mean, so it's a more, even that we're laughing, like it's a more loving, friendlier. it's not a bully. The, you know it's um, a self-esteem um, disaster when it sounds rude. You didn't do enough today. You got a 95 in school, where's the missing marks? That guy doesn't love you, you can't be worthwhile. It's got to be a bully. Mm-hmm. What do you do with a bully? What do you do with a bully? What are you supposed to do when a guy says, give me your lunch money or else? What are you supposed to eventually do?
2: uh well i guess it depends who you talk to i know some people who would say you know fight back some people would say like walk away and get yourself out of that situation
1: but but you definitely stand up to the bully whichever way you do it Exactly. you don't give in to the bully and you don't let the bully you know run the show exactly have power over you okay so now does it make sense that that, those voices those old programming are a bully yes and now we got to do loving loving parenting to ourselves to undo that. And we know through neuroplasticity, which I think is highly exciting, that we can change everything in our lives simply by teaching our brain to fire differently. Now that is very powerful, which is why, as you know, as a straight talker, I don't allow people to say things like, well, this is just my personality and I can't change it. It's simply not true. Right.
2: So I guess the first step is an awareness of that bully those bully words is to be aware when they pop into your head and I remember this is what you taught me way back was to be aware when those critical voice would come and that bully voice would come to say oh there it is
1: and then to stop it is that yes that's exactly right Um, you have to a be aware of the voice and we're going to take a commercial but when we come back it's also interesting to Spend a little time figuring out where did the voice come from. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave you on that cliffhanger. We'll be right back with straight talk with Sad
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reisch. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary Anxiety Videos Therapy Series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever.
0: Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reisch, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing, regain that loving feeling, bring your intimacy to a new level, and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com.
4: Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spa, M-U-N-A-R-I.com.
0: A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to straight talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So having
1: a great time uh, being interviewed by uh, the very special, inspirational Tracy Deer. We're also streaming on Facebook, Straight Talk Sandra Reich, if you want to go on. Um, And people are following and listening to all these questions. We left on a cliffhanger. I suggested to you that um, step one is, yes, to be aware of the critical voice, like you pointed out, but I think it's also healthy to know where it came from. So Mm -hmm. I don't think you have to spend a lot of time on that. We don't have to blame our parents forever, but I think it's helpful to know, like I know in my life, I had, you know, I said this earlier today on another show, I have European parents. They wanted their kids to really excel. So the message would be, you got a 95 in school. Where's the remaining five marks? So that got integrated in my brain that 95 is not good enough. You go for a hundred. And I think their intention was good. But, unfortunately, that is a critical voice. It's never quite enough. And as I told you on a bad day, I do feel that way. And on good days, I'm like, come on. (laughs) Okay? And we also know through research, by the way, that high standards, even though people don't believe this, high standards do not produce higher results. It's not Mm. true. They actually make people anxious. Lower the standard, you'll do better. Hmm. Fascinating, huh? It
2: is.
1: Yeah. We have the research.
2: Now... Does that mean some people, like, are raised
1: with, like, good self-esteem and they don't
2: have self-esteem issues? I know. It's
1: amazing, huh? Yeah. Yes. 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 So what happens is the self-esteem of your parents is going to be a very big factor in your self-esteem. So if I, for example, feel very bad about my body and I'm constantly saying to my daughter, oh my God, mommy needs to lose weight. Oh God, I can't stand seeing myself in the mirror. Unfortunately, what happens is that gets absorbed in her little body and she starts to look at herself in the mirror the same way. So actually, as parents, we have a really big responsibility because if we don't work on our own self-esteem, then our kids are going to have to work on it. And that was really important in my life. If I was ever going to have a kid, I wanted to make sure this was cleaned up because it's going to perpetuate. Whatever our parents don't work on, we have to. And that was hard. That My parents didn't do this work. I had to do a lot of work. It wasn't easy.
2: Okay. So there is no like, hey, do it different for the kids without
1: having to first do it on self. That's such a, you know, I'm so glad you're asking that because people do think you can do it. Like I'll give to my kids what I didn't get and it will work. It doesn't work because the kids don't listen to what you say. They listen to who you are. So if they see you criticizing yourself and you're saying you're terrific, you're terrific, they don't buy it. Okay. They don't buy it. So I'm really glad you highlighted that for people. This is I, I, very smart of you to pick up on that, Tracy. Hmm. Yeah. Nice.
2: Okay. Well, from self-esteem, let's talk about self-love. Okay, That was sort of the next chapter in our work together Yes, of, of I needed to show myself self-love. And, and, and one, let's start with what, is, what does that even mean?
1: Okay. So we started with the idea that you're worthy, right? You're born worthy. You're always worthy. You can't go up in worth. You can't go down in worth. So if you're always worthy, you want to be going throughout your day doing acts of self-love, so let's play a little game, not acts of self-hatred. So if we talk about, and I'm, you know, it's not a judgmental thing, but if I talk about, I'll start with one that might apply to me, just maybe. I always use it with my clients. I don't actually do this that much anymore, but let's say I had a really hard day at work and I come home and I say, I'm going to make a plate full of brownies because it's been a really tough day. Is that really an act of self-love or is it an act of self-hatred? That's the million dollar question. I'm using brownies, but replace it with smoking replace it with drinking, replace it with numbing out. And again, I'm not saying I don't do any of these things, Right. but you gotta be honest with yourself. Are they acts of self love? Or let's say I said to you I came home from work and it was a really hard day and I decided to look at my schedule because I feel like maybe I'm working a bit too much and I gotta schedule an appointment with myself. I gotta actually book some time to just connect with me. I'm a mother. I'm a career woman. I need some time for me. You tell me a plate of boundaries. Oh, sorry, a plate of that's funny. We'll get there. We'll We'll get get there. A plate of boundaries. A plate of brownies, or time to reflect on maybe why I'm having the brownies because I'm feeling so depleted. Which one is the act of self love?
2: Well, it's definitely it's looking at the schedule and making time for self, uh, recognizing that you are depleted and need to do something about it. Now, I think I think a lot of people though package the brownies as like the reward for all the hard work or all the suffering or all the tough times and it's packaged as self-love. How it do is. you how do you, you
1: know, how do you get away from the tricks you're playing on yourself? Well, this, again, a favorite question, because, again, what I ask people to do, and I ask this of you, and this is why I love you, you always did this, and I certainly ask it of myself, is you have to tell yourself the truth. Stop the games, okay? So, yes, you could definitely package it as a reward. So, I don't mind if you say it's a reward, but tell yourself the truth. It's not an act of self-love. No, it's an act of self-indulgence. If my kid cries and I hand them a lollipop to calm them down, I'm teaching self-indulgence. So, Am I saying you can never be self-indulgent? I'm not saying that. I mean, I have my days and we all have our days, but I can't say that's self-love, okay? Nor when people tell me, oh, I do lots of self-love, I go to the hairdresser three times a week. That's not exactly, it's not self-hatred, but you know, I'd call it maybe some self-care, but self-love, you could go to the hairdresser five times a week, but be looking in the mirror every time saying, you look bad. And it's not really loving. So loving would be going to the mirror and that critical voice, let's say, comes up and go, whoa, whoa, you know, you're you're, you're doing good. You're you're like, you're doing your thing and I like you. I really like you. You don't have to say you're drop dead gorgeous if you don't feel that way, but I like you. I mean, why wouldn't you like yourself? So then you add in smoking, drinking, indulging, all those. Those are not acts of self-love. I was talking to someone recently and he was saying, really, smoking's not self-love? And I go, (laughs) No, it and he goes cancer. You can't say it's self hatred. I go, but how can we not say it's self hatred? It is putting cancer in your body. You Again, not as a judgment. We look. People do all sorts of things to cope with life. Understandable, but don't lie to yourself. It is not self love. Does that make sense?
2: It makes sense. And maybe can you because that. So the hairdressing one was interesting because. Because that clearly isn't self-hatred. That's like oh, a no. lovely activity and, you know, you're, you're, you're going to feel good when you leave as there. As fix my hair. But <laughs> that, you, you said you, you didn't you didn't really classify that as self-love. It was more of an indulgence. No, self-care. 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 So, so now let's get into the difference between self-care and self-love. Just to get really into the nitty gritty. Well, to
1: me, going to the hairdresser, getting my nails done, I, only cons- I almost consider it upkeep. You know, I'm in a job where, you know, if my nails aren't done, my hair is not done, it's like probably not so good for me. But I could really hate myself and go to the hairdresser all the time.
2: Okay. Would you agree? Absolutely. So it's
1: not that there's anything wrong with it. It just, it doesn't show me any of the vitamins or the money in the bank that I need to show me that I love myself. So you have to define what would be an act of self-love to show me. So for me, I'll give an example and perhaps you can give one. For me, I know because I'm very busy and I know that when I make sure that my exercise is in my schedule, I know that's an act of self-love because it makes me feel better, it reduces my stress and it's consistent with my value system. So when I'm neglecting my exercise, I'm falling back into a little bit of self-neglect. Now is self-neglect self-love or self-hatred? Self-hatred. Yeah. But I could easily say, here's another excuse, I'm really busy. Yes. I just don't have time. But that's an unacceptable answer. For me, that's unacceptable even though I say it. It's unacceptable because um, if you're important, which is part of worth, you go, you go at the top of the list. So why would anything be ahead of that? Even as a parent, you go to the top of the list. Oxygen mask on you first mm-hmm. before you can take care of your children and so that they can see that you care and love yourself. Back to your other question. That's how they learn self-esteem. Mommy cares about herself.
2: Okay for me sleep is sleep is one of the things that i very i very i value and i know that if i have it i i function better i'm more creative i'm i'm happier so that that would classify as an act of self love to make sure i'm getting the amount of sleep that I,
1: that i need that i know i need I agree. That was a great example. I mean, we don't function well without sleep. So it doesn't seem to me that that would be an act of self-love to deprive yourself of sleep. It seems like it would definitely be an act of self-hatred. You're not going to perform well. You're not going to feel well. We process things in our dreams. It really extraordinarily helps us. So really great example Tracy is very important it comes back to those basics food sleep exercise so again if you've grown up like let's say neglected in life it's very easy to fall back into neglect you become a caretaker you take care of others which I know we're getting to eventually okay you take care of other people and I'm really good at taking care of other people I'm not always so good at taking care of myself what I've had to learn is that I have to take care of myself before I can take care of anyone including children so great example yeah, good can, job.
2: Can you, give, can you give a few other examples of self-love, acts of self-love?
1: Well, I really think that you, it, I think it's different for everyone, but it has to go back to your value system. Is I often go back to, is, am I living my life consistent with my value system? So when it's starting to go off, for example, I love my work, but my value system says it's very important to me to be home some of the hours of the day with my kids. So if that's my value system and I'm not doing it, that's not self-love. Something else is driving that car. Okay. Now it's okay. My work is good and my kids are okay. Don't worry. Everyone's fine. But again, I have to wonder why would I not be living my life consistent with my value system? What's going on there? There's something insidious at play. Maybe that old critical voice, maybe that old accomplishment perfectionism, which is not self-love. So I have to constantly go go back and go, what's going on? Okay. So I'm going back to what I know and what I know is not self-love. Mm-hmm. so I have to go out of that comfort zone because it is comfortable to me it's what I know and I know for you sometimes hating hating yourself I know it's a big word but it was your comfort zone
5: mm-hmm.
1: and for many people it's their comfort zone so I have to almost daily talk to myself and that's another act of self-love by the way I talk to myself a lot I know that sounds weird but I do and I go you know I look in the mirror and go, how are we doing how are you doing kid and I check in Okay. And I'm like, I'm not happy because I like to pick up my kids at four and I want to be home after that. Okay. And then I have a conversation. Why am I not doing it? What's going on? And then I revamp again. Okay. Okay. Tracy's just absorbing that. I'm going to give you a minute, <laughs> Tracy, to think about that. Uh, we're going to take a break. Before the break, I do want to mention that this show is sponsored by the amazing Spa Minari, mm-hmm. a wonderful place, and she is offering for Straight Talk listeners this week a 15% discount on facials. So, oh my
2: gosh, I know where I'm going. Yeah,
1: check out Spa Minari. All the details are on the Straight Talk page. We'll be right back. Straight Talk with
3: Sandra. Rich. Your life, your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety featuring the clinical director of the montreal center for anxiety and depression and host of straight talk sandra riche sandra is joined by top therapist georgia dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever.
0: Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the Couple Whisperer, Sandra Reisch, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level. And rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com.
4: Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments, specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at Spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or Spamunari.com. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reisch. Back on Straight Talk with Tracy Deer. Quite an interview, Tracy.
1: Thank you very much for these provocative questions you're asking. So, we just finished talking about some self-care and some self-love and I don't know where you want to go. Well, I have
2: one more question to slide in on that topic before we move on to the next. Okay. Uh, you know, when when I was first trying to incorporate this into my life and, and processing it, and I did get I did get sort of the accusation from people that it was that I was being selfish. Oh. So. What. Like, what is the difference between, like, I need to take time for myself, and I need to connect with self, and I need to do something good for self, versus being selfish?
1: Okay, again, a great question, and I think you're right to come on and ask these questions, because they don't get asked enough, and that's a good one. Okay, so I really think there should be two words for selfish in the dictionary, the bad selfish and the good selfish. So the bad selfish, so we're clear, is when you violate someone, okay? Okay, so if I'm completely inconsiderate of you and I'm violating you in some way, I think that could be problematic. But if I need to take some time for myself, I don't see how that's a violation of you in any way. So I've got to wonder, when people called you selfish, were they people who were good at self-love? No. Right. So it makes people uncomfortable when you get good at self-love when they're not. And it's interesting to call someone selfish because you can only give to others what you give to yourself. So I'm a much better therapist if I take time for myself. And I'm a much better mother if I take time for myself. So my kids could, I mean, they don't, but they're too young. But they could say, that's very selfish that you're going away with dad for the weekend. But actually, going away and nurturing my marriage brings back a happy mommy. And a happy mommy is the greatest gift I can give them. So it's oxygen mask all the way. So it's not selfish. Just like, is it selfish to put the oxygen mask on you first? Is it selfish when your heart pumps blood? Did you guys know it pumps to, its, it pumps to itself before it pumps to anywhere else? Mm, smart heart. Is the heart selfish? Very smart heart. Smart heart. It well, needs to take care of self first. And we do too. We're of no good. So it's not selfish. It's actually allowing you to be of service to this world and help change this world, which needs, needs help.
2: And what happens when the people around you do think it's selfish and 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 punish
1: you for it in a way? Well, I, you know, for me, when somebody would be punitive with me, I'd have to ask what their intention was. So the first thing I ask is, what's their intention? So if they were hurt. I'd be happy to have a conversation about that. Like, you know, let's say my husband said, you know, I'm really, you're taking time to meditate, let's say, and I want to spend time with you. And so we'd have a conversation and I would, you know, reassure him that you're really important to me, but I'm not good company unless I take a little time after seeing eight clients. I'm not going to be in an uplifted mood. So I need a little time okay so you, that's fine but if someone if the intention is just to make you feel bad about yourself then I wouldn't engage personally because that person wants you to feel bad about yourself so first I always ask and I often say this to uh, Robert also when he tells me a story I'll say what was that person's intention especially if it was a negative comment why did they say that to you you know I have to verify what their intention you can't be a hundred percent sure but you could be curious if they're trying to make me feel bad about the way I live my life I don't want to engage that because to engage it is to give attention and what you give attention to grows and the person then has power over you. So I would ignore it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
2: Uh, Good. Let's move on to the next topic I'd like to talk about and it's the victim. Oh boy. What is this? What is this? What is our
1: attraction to being the victim? Million dollar question. Okay. Well, I mean... I think that unfortunately, many of us were victims in childhood, and there's bad things that happen, okay? And many of our movies are based on this concept of victim, you get rescued, or there's a perpetrator. So I think there's a little bit of a romanticism to it. That's one part. You as a movie maker, would know a lot about that. Um, And the other thing- And
2: as a recovering victim as well.
1: Very well said, I must say. Yes. Uh, And you know, I believe that in order not to be a victim, you have to be a victim. Which I should explain to people means that you have to own, if you were victimized as a child, um, children don't have the resources to not be victims. So you have to, you're allowed to, and you should, work through and and have all the emotions, the anger, the sadness, and work through that so that you don't keep replaying that role. But the problem is, again, as we looked at brain chemistry, is we tend to replay the things that we know. So if you've been a victim in life and you didn't work through it, chances are you're going to keep replaying it. So you'll keep getting victimized. And then, unfortunately, there's payoffs to being a victim because people will feel very sorry for you. You'll get attention. And you also get a little bit off the hook. So it can almost become convenient to be a victim. Someone empowered, as you know. Well, I'll ask you, even though I know you're very happy to be empowered, which was easier in a way. Oh, it was
2: it was much easier to be the victim. I mean, I was never responsible for anything.
1: Right, right. Well said. Right, because the world had just been unkind to you, and bad things happened to you. So it's very seductive. It's a very seductive thing to be the victim. So sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's a very seductive thing. Okay, <laughs> we're live. Uh, it's a very seductive thing to be the victim. We have to very much be careful that we don't keep falling into these things over and over again does that make sense yes and what does
2: what does being a victim what kind of influences that have on our everyday life what kind of quality of life do we have when we go about living our lives as a, in the victim
1: position okay well I'm going to answer that because there's a lot to say that but I just got a note that we have a caller Ooh. so can we take that call first yes would that be okay so I've got Lori on the phone hi Lori
5: Hi, how are you?
1: Good. How are you?
5: Uh, I'm great. Thank you.
1: Do you have a question,
5: Lori? I do. I, you know, I've been paying attention to what you guys were saying, and uh, I know you touched upon self-love, self-care, but can you, um, can you tell me again, what is the difference between self-love and self-care?
1: Well, sometimes there's no difference, but I think that sometimes you can do self-care very mindlessly. Like if I have a job in the public, I'll get my nails done and my hair done, but it doesn't mean it's not proof that I love myself. I can promise you because I've done things like this when I wasn't being loving to myself. So I can just go do the self-care because I have an image and I want to maintain my image. Self-love is much more mindful. It's like I need some time for myself. I'm going to book a spa day. Um, I'm going to take some something for me and I, because I'm important because I love myself. As opposed to just like, I got to get my hair done because if I'm at work, it won't look right. Does that make sense?
5: Yeah. So if a new mom takes time away from the baby to go get her nails done because she needs time for herself and she just needs to like be alone and just, you know, Do something good for her. That's
1: self-love. Oh, with the way you just described it, a thousand million times. Like, I sound like my daughter now. These are numbers that aren't actually true. But anyways, um, 100%. Because actually when you come back to your daughter, after that time for yourself, you're in a good mood. And your daughter, there's something called mirror neurons. She looks in mummy's eyes and she gets a vitamin from you. Can you believe it? She gets vitamins because you took that time for yourself. How awesome is that?
5: Seriously.
1: Seriously. So going
5: to a retreat, yeah. you come back and you have more to give to your kids.
1: Lori, going to a retreat, Lori's been to my retreats, that's why I know Lori, going to a retreat and taking time for yourself, you will come back and have much more to give to your kids. And when I come back from taking time for me, I always have more to give to my kids, my husband, my clients, and so on and so forth. So yes, you are 100% right. And I'm so glad you're saying that.
5: Makes complete sense. I still appreciate what you guys are doing. (laughs) Always. (laughs) <laughs> always. <laughs> Tracy, I Hi, love listening to you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Thanks for tuning in, Lori.
5: Thank you. It's so nice to hear from you, Lori.
1: Thank you so for being so r- good about calling in with your questions. They're always so great. I so appreciate it.
5: I love it. Thank you, guys.
1: Okay, we'll speak to you soon, Laurie. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi. So sorry for putting you on a pause there, no problem. but um, I saw that Lori was calling in, and she does always have such good questions. I know that we, you know, with the phone ringing, we had a few things with the victim and I definitely think it's worthy of picking up and going back into it. Um, we can start now. We'll take a short break in a minute. Maybe before the break, we can talk about, as we talked about the victim, I'm curious, I'm going to throw it back at you a little bit. I'm curious what resonates for you. You say you were a victim and you know, you, it was very seductive. So as we talk about why it's romanticized and why why we get into it and the attention. what stood out for you? What stood out in terms of, v- of when I was a victim? like no what? as we talk about it, what what you know as we talk about it here today, what stands up? Was there anything new? Is there anything that's you know you really want to get out to people yourself having lived through this yourself?
2: Um, I guess I <laughs> I guess somebody that I love very much, is currently sort of battling this and i'm alongside and i'm i'm there but but i, I am quite powerless to do anything about it um so so understanding that the effect it has on the relationship and how i guess one can not be affected or or sucked into it gets sucked back into the victim um i'm i'm quite curious about because yeah. it, is, it is it's a much easier place to be to be yeah. the poor me here we go again and I do I
1: find myself I get seduced into going there Okay. So maybe on the commercial break, we'll ask people also just take, you know, usually get up and get your coffee or your water. But as you get your coffee or water, maybe this is a good time to think about for you, Tracy, and I'll come back with an answer. And I'll think about it too. And for you, Rob, and for everybody listening, is that what are we talked about the payoffs for being a victim. But what about what do you lose by being a victim? And maybe everybody can think about that. and We can come back and then we'll look at why. You want to fight to get out of that role, and how you as a partner can help your partner. Great. We'll be right back with Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. Your life, your health, your network.
3: You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reisch. Sandra is joined by top therapist, Georgia Dow, in this revolutionary Anxiety Videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever.
4: Spa Munari is a full-service wellness day spa located at the heart of West Island, Quebec. Submerge yourself in beauty with one of our many treatments specially catered to your needs. We offer facials, manicures, pedicures, hair removal, massages, body treatments, and so much more. Enjoy our ultimate relaxation experience with our spa packages. We offer a men's menu as well. Call us today to book your next appointment at 514-695-5040 or visit us on the web at spamunari.com. That's 514-695-5040 or spa, M-U-N-A-R-I.com.
0: Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing, regain that loving feeling, bring your intimacy to a new level, and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at HelpForAnxietyDepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or HelpForAnxietyDepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reish.
1: I was just on the commercial thinking about the question and also thinking about what a, what a privilege it is to have you asking these really thought provoking questions. And I really, I don't know who else could do this. So thank you, Tracy. I really appreciate it. And I really think that we're talking, it's going so fast. It really? And is I'm going so glad fast. there's a part two. Um, because you're asking, like, we're going to have to have you back because you're so good at this. You're just so natural at it, and it's, it's great. And I think that so many people can benefit from this. So, and I'm happy if anything that I say is helpful for people. And even if you're listening and it, it doesn't make sense, then write in and say, I don't agree, and we can talk about that. It's okay. These are the things that I have found to be true, and you know, some of it's research-based, some of it's sandrism's. Um, so we were talking about the idea of getting someone out of victim, And so I guess the first thing is we looked at the payoffs of being a victim, but now like what are the downfalls of being a victim? And there's a lot, right? Because your story keeps going. It's over and over again. You're always a victim.
2: Yeah. And you're, I mean, what comes with that is is being pretty much perpetually unhappy. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes, As maybe a perverse pleasure in being unhappy. They call that, it? It's the romantic the, the suffering. Of, yes, yes, yes. Someone, the person who was telling me about the cigarettes and the self hatred, that's not self hatred. He said it goes with being an artist. You know, so the str- the the romantic torture. We're supposed to be in pain, mm-hmm. the really deep ones of us. Um, mm-hmm. No no absolutely not okay so the thing is if you get out of victim the world just opens up the possibilities are endless but if you're a victim the world is full of butts and stops and for me, it's a no-brainer. I understand why it's easier to be a victim, but it's a no-brainer. Now, you mentioned if you're a partner, if your partner's going through this, it's you have to always step away from the victim, because it is like, um, like, a, like a drug haze of dangerous, toxic drugs and chemicals, because it is very contagious, okay? Because eventually, you're going to start competing with the victim. They're like, my life's so horrible. You're like, well, my life's not that easy either, so you have to be extremely careful about that and not you know if someone's going into it you can bring it to their attention if they still want to go into it me personally i don't engage i don't engage it so if someone says my life is horrible and you know i've tried to give them some advice maybe i can give you the number of a therapist and they still don't want to do something about it if they say their life is horrible i would say to them i'm really sorry to hear that Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and how so so that's the partner i mean i i can't pull a partner out of it Mm -hmm. um but what if what if what if you're what if you yourself recognize that you're 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 in this state? What are the steps to
1: get oneself out of victim? Well, I think you have to recognize the sentences of the of the victim. If you're watching the streaming, you're seeing a little movement here. Um, okay, so are you a person who says things like "It's not fair"? Okay, so. Ask yourself that question. If you say often it's not fair, that's the language of a victim because nobody said that life was fair. And I don't know how we determine what fairness is. I'm not sure. Because li- and also life is not fair. I mean, people live in the other side of the world are not sitting here having the pleasure of sitting in a cool office and doing a radio show. That's not fair. So, I mean, that's just the way it is. Life is not fair. So be careful about that. And if you're also, you'll know you're a victim, but I think you're right. You have to first recognize that you're falling into victim. You'll know you're a victim if you constantly are saying, yes, but. Somebody gives you a solution and there's a yes, but to the situation. So that's part of the victim mentality. So if you're doing that, you'd have to recognize, like, do I really want to get better? Do I really want to get better? And then what? Like if
2: the, if the, 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 you know, I think it becomes so ingrained in, in the way you function in the world, this victim mentality. So it, it's very automatic to do the yes, but how do you stop doing that? How do you stop believing that there's
1: a yes, but in my story? Well, I think you have to become conscious of, and I, I really in my own life like to call myself out, like and I'm not really sure why it's a bit of you're asking a good question because it's something that complete confounds me because if I hear myself saying yes, but I right away hear a victim talking. So then I would, you remember I said, I talked to myself. So I'd be going, Sandra, what's going on here? Why are you saying yes, but over and over and over again? So I'd have to say, well, or I have no choice. Is another, yes. I have no choice. I'm stuck, but we always have choice as Humans, we always have choices. You know, people in the most dire situations where they physically have no choices but they mentally have choices we always have a choice it's not always a good choice you have to decide it, to recognize do you have a choice and I think that's a good one to ask yourself do you have a choice in this situation and we always have a choice except for when we're children yeah. but as adults we always have a choice
2: I found that to be the most freeing uh, one of the most freeing things you taught me was that there's always a choice mm-hmm. you know part of the victim self-talk is I have no choice poor me but there is always a choice and that is so empowering and
1: so freeing always there's a choice but again I think people get stuck the choices aren't always good if the choice is I have to give up my child for adoption or I have to go on welfare I'm not saying those are good choices but the fact that you have a choice is empowering Right. It gives you some locus of control and that we want that. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you like that. I like it too. I like feeling I have a choice. So I, when I hear myself saying I have no choice, I know that's not true.
5: Mm-hmm. There's
1: always a choice It may not be the first choice that I wanted. So then you choose your price tag. Which price tag is higher? Mm-hmm. The choice A or choice B? Mm-hmm. Okay, so big question. Is there time to move on to a new topic? We've got four minutes left of the show. I think we can start it and we'll continue it on part two. Okay. Uh,
2: So this is in contrast to victim is gratitude and the concept of
1: abundance, which you've taught me is sort of the antidote to victim. uh, you, You really do listen to me because it is the antidote to victimization is instead of looking at what you don't have, look at what you have. And it's hard to do that when you're having a bad day, but that's when you need to do it the most okay is what do you have and what's the abundance in a circumstance that happens so I had a difficult circumstance yesterday something's hap- happened with my child and I was very worried and very upset and um, and it was not a good situation and I tried to look I, had, I asked myself that exact question what is the abundance in the situation and the abundance in that situation was there's something that needs to be taken care of in terms of her and so and I may not have gone that message unless I went through the difficult spot so the most difficult spots in your life if you could look at what's the lesson here, I'm grateful this is happening, so I'm growing into the person I want to become. I know that's hard to do, but everything will change. It's, and that brings me to another Sandra concept, is to trust life, is that things happen for a reason. So you can turn it into, I can't believe how many bad things happen to me, or you could turn it into, is what is this here to teach me, mm-hmm. which is abundant and filled with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Right? That's spoke I to like, you. I like that a lot. Okay, so let's 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 take a little minute on this here and see um, how this is going for you. You've been a client of mine. You've been very open about it, um, and you've gone through all these things. What's it like for you to be interviewing me?
2: Uh, it's actually pretty incredible. You know, it really brings everything into perspective. I mean, all of these things we're talking about—these are concepts I had no idea about five years ago. I, 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 I and I you know, I, I really understand these things now and I apply them and it's, it has, it's made my, it's made my life completely different. And it but however, I will say I still do get pulled into my old behaviors. I mean, I did those things for my, like my whole life, my whole adult life. Um, and so I constantly have to remain vigilant and reminding myself of these things too.
1: Absolutely.
2: and, and. Being able to sit here with you and sort of go through them together, it's a great reminder for
1: me. Well, I'm excited because thank God we booked a double um, so that we can continue on. So we're going to slowly start to wrap up this show, but we're going to um, continue on for next week. And what are we going to be getting into, Tracy? What, where, where are you taking me on this hot seat that I'm on? <laughs> well, the next big section will be
2: on relationships.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, so relationships is a big topic I'm really looking forward to talking about. Is there something in particular that you want to get into the dance between men and women? Definitely,
2: the dance between men and women. Um, I want to talk about codependency. I want, to, I want to talk about love. Like what is healthy love versus okay. unhealthy love? You know, I think society has taught us so many things, and, and we believe it to be, to be true, but it actually is, really, really bad for us.
1: Yes, I can't like the songs like I can't live if living is yes. without you. Yeah, I can't wait to talk or about. Or you complete me. Oh, you me. This completely. notion of you oh, complete me. Yeah. yeah, so scary, very disturbing. I'm um, looking very forward to that. I always like to end with a few things that are on my heart, and um, what's on my heart today is first of all talking about gratitude. As I said, I'm very grateful to you for doing this. You've done a lot to help other people, and you're always so generous with your time if it will help somebody in their journey and it's it's a tremendous gift to others and to me so i i want to thank you first and foremost
2: thank you sandra
1: yeah it means a lot to me and as you ask these questions you give me also a great gift to remind myself of the lessons that i taught myself in my life and i'm just very grateful that there's resources out there um that i had and that you had to help ourselves to create a better world so Thank you, Tracy. I'm looking forward. We're going to take a short break and start to tape our second show, and I'm looking forward to continuing on with you. Um, Thank you, Robert. And this is Straight Talk with Sandra Rich. And we'll see you next time. Keep your eyes on the stars.
0: Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reish. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.